everybody. Welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. My name is Rich Chassie, and I am your host and teacher. We're glad that you're here today as we begin in chapter 7. We're going to be in verse 1 through verse 24 and look at Jesus as he makes his way back to Jerusalem, this time for the Festival of Tabernacles, and begins to teach there once again, even though his life is threatened. So let's go ahead and read the text together, and then we'll go from there. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe him. Therefore Jesus told them, My time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to this festival, because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, Where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, He's a good man. Others replied, No, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses but from the patriarchs, You circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you so angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. So Jesus is staying in Galilee for the time being. He does not want to go to Jerusalem because it was not yet his time to be crucified. He has this conversation then with his brothers, and his brothers, we find here, and in other Gospels, that they are not yet believers. 
It's interesting that Mark's gospel actually names four of them, lets us know that there are sisters as well. These are all younger brothers and sisters who are the sons and daughters of Joseph and Mary. Now, by the time the gospels come along, Joseph is gone, has probably died. Mary is a widow at this point. And these brothers don't believe Jesus. Again, in Mark's Gospels, we see where they try to come and take Jesus away from the crowds, saying that he's out of his mind. And here, they're like challenging Jesus. Hey, if you are who you say you are, then you should be doing this out in public, and you should be doing this in Jerusalem. That's the headquarters of our faith. That's where all the Jewish leaders are. And if you are the Messiah, those are the ones who need to recognize you, that you are the Messiah. Again, Jesus says to them, verse 6, My time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. They were of the world still. And the world cannot hate them, verse 7. But the world does hate me, because I testify that its works are evil. We saw that in John chapter 3. So he says, you go to the festival, and then notice there is a note there. I am not yet going up to the festival. Whether the word yet there is understood as part of the text or not, that is basically what Jesus was saying. It wasn't that he was going to change his mind or that he lied about not going to his brothers. That, that's not even a possibility. But he says, I'm not, I'm not yet going. I'm not going because it's not my time yet, and he's planning to go later, knowing that they weren't going to put him to death at that time. That was going to come at the next Passover festival. And so Jesus makes his way in secret down to Jerusalem, and the crowds are there, and they're filled with anticipation. This guy, Jesus, he's got the reputation The last time he was in Jerusalem, he had healed this lame man, this man who was lame for 38 years, and Jesus speaks one word to him, basically, and he is able to jump up, and I'm healed, And but the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were upset with him because he had performed this miracle on the Sabbath, and they had this ongoing beef with Jesus to the point of wanting to kill him because of how he healed people and did different things that they had taught, they believed, according to their estimation, that were against the Old Testament law of the Sabbath. But these were traditions that they had added to the law. They weren't the law themselves. And so they were looking to kill him. The crowds widespread whispering now, this this murmuring that's going about, not openly talking about it because they're afraid, but some are saying he's a good man. No, he deceives the people. What's going to happen? What's going on? And so halfway through the festival in verse 14, Jesus went back to the temple courts and there this wide open place that was surrounding the tabernacle, Jesus would sit there and in a sense, hold court. Crowds would gather around him, and he would begin to teach. The Jews that were there, that's the religious leaders, and they asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? And that's a reference to 
that Jesus did not sit in a certain rabbinical school or under a certain rabbi. So how did he gain all of this knowledge, and how is he able to handle the Word of God, the the Old Testament law, so well? And Jesus answered in verse 16, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. In other words, it wasn't that he was self-taught or that he had gone to some school or sat under some rabbi. It was that he was taught from God the Father himself. And anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. So anyone who was a true student of the Word of God, who understood not the academic pursuit of it, not the hypocritical pursuit of religion, but understood what God's heart was as revealed in the Old Testament, they would understand that Jesus is the one that God said he would send for the people. He says, whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but that's not what Jesus' intent was. He was there to bring glory to God the Father, the one who sent him. That, Jesus says, is a man of truth, not in it for self-glory, but in it for the glory of the Father. And then in verse 19, he, he says, has not Moses given you the law? Boy, what a question to give to the religious leaders, these experts in the law. He says, don't you understand that even though Moses has given you the law, yet not one of you keeps the law? The very law that you say that you know inside and out, that very law condemns you. So why are you trying to kill me? And then in verse 20, this is a huge red flag. You are demon-possessed. And That kind of accusation comes from the pit of hell itself, that the crowd would say, you're demon-possessed. That's a dangerous territory for people to be in. Who is trying to kill you? And yet, Jesus knew, rightfully so. We saw that earlier in chapter 5. They were trying to kill Jesus then because he had healed the man on the Sabbath day. Verse 21, Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, that healing there at the pool at Bethesda, and you're all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, although that John points out here, actually it didn't come from Moses, but it came from the patriarchs. It was through Abraham that circumcision was given to the nation of Israel. Although Moses, in a sense, codified that, put that in the, the law, built that into the law that the nation of Israel would follow, that boys would be circumcised on the eighth day. And so if a boy must be circumcised on the eighth day, what do you do if that circumcision, the timing of that circumcision, falls on the Sabbath? And so they had a workaround. Verse 23, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath, in other words, it was okay for the family to circumcise the boy on that seventh day, on the Sabbath day, certainly there would be nothing wrong with Jesus healing the whole body on the Sabbath. And he said, stop judging by mere appearances. Their knowledge of, their understanding of the scriptures was so superficial. They, they were just going by surface appearances. 
instead of understanding God's intent in giving us the law, certainly that was true of the Sabbath. Jesus taught in other places that the Sabbath wasn't meant to be a law that was lorded over us, that the Sabbath was created for us to give us rest, to give us a time of dedicated worship together at the house of God. And yet these religious leaders through the centuries now had made that Sabbath law to be so burdensome and so grievous to the people. And Jesus wasn't going to have any part of that. And so he went ahead and healed on the Sabbath and picked grain on the Sabbath and all these things that they did. They just looked at Jesus and thought, he can't be from God because he's breaking all of these Sabbath laws. But it was their own traditions that Jesus was breaking, not the true Sabbath law as given in the Old Testament scriptures. Now tomorrow we're going to finish chapter 7, and in that we'll see a further division of the people, people making sides or deciding sides, which side are they on when it comes to deciding who is Jesus, is he the Messiah? The hardening of the religious leaders will continue as well. We'll see Jesus' life being further threatened, but again, his time has not yet come. So join us tomorrow as we do that. But in the meantime, let's close out today in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this passage of scripture. We thank you for the testimony of Jesus. And we pray that you would impress upon our hearts that Jesus is absolutely who he said he was, that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, sent by the Father, a true representation of the Father, and that all truth resided in him, and we can certainly trust him. Lord, we thank you for these clear passages of Scripture that help us understand, that give us a glimpse, uh, however small it might be, an understanding that Jesus is Messiah, and we have so much to go on. It's wave after wave as we read chapter after chapter in John's Gospel about how with these signs that he performs and the words that he teaches, the combination of that is just verifying in our hearts over and over again that we have the one and true Son of God, the one through whom we have eternal life. And we thank you for that testimony. I pray that everyone who hears these words right now, Lord, would have that assurity in their own heart and life to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And we worship you and we praise you. We ask all of this in the name of our Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. So join us again tomorrow as we finish chapter 7 together. And I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow here on Daily in the Word. And I hope that you have a great day.